Hi everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barra, and I am still recording from the safety of my own bedroom. This week's episode, I'll be chatting with Jeff of Strangers With Guns, a band who on Facebook described their sound as in the mold of Faith No More, Butthole Surfers, Melvin's, and Roland's band. Here, I'll be chatting about Jeff's initial interest in music, uh, how the band got started, their debut album, Degenerative Art, and then the follow-up to that album with an EP, Disenfranchised Fetus, the underground music scene in Ireland, a brief history of some of the exploits of the band known as the KLF, as well as be chatting about the band's upcoming EP, which is due for release in April. The band were also very kind to send on a song of theirs to use for the closer of the episode, uh, which is called Too Tired to Sleep But Okay to Drive, and it's off their debut album, Degenerative Art, which I'd highly recommend giving a listen. Uh, had a lot of fun making this episode, so hope you enjoy, and here's the theme music. This is going to be <laughs> this is going to be episode five of the Who Art Thou podcast, and we're here with Jeff of uh, Strangers with Guns. So uh, thanks for coming on, man. How are you keeping? Good, yeah, yeah. Cheers for having us on, man. No problem. So it's just uh, oh yeah, actually, firstly, congratulations on being nominated for your the EPN single with the uh, Irish Metal Poll Awards. So you're oh, yeah, nominated for Disenchanted Franchise and the Cants, yeah. Yeah, it's been so annoying everyone's developers. <laughs> you're in good company it's a fucking uh big awards this year <laughs> but uh what was it um so i was just like first off like what was if for anybody who doesn't know strangers with guns what how would you describe uh your sound um we get compared with the melvins a lot so i always kind of throw that one out there first even though we don't particularly listen to them i do like them and i do respect them and they're definitely <laughs> they're, they're definitely in there like um and then a bit of kind it's of not a bad sound comparison. and all no, 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 it's a great one, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a bit of Rollins band in there. There's kind of some jokey stuff as well. It's definitely heavy kind of rock. I don't know. It's, maybe it's grunge. I don't, I don't know about that label. I don't, I don't know, really. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, so, like, what was the... Uh, what? Uh, ugh, I can't speak today. What was... Uh, what really got you into music to, to begin with? Like, what, like, was your musical background or... Um, no, well, my dad plays, but we played the keys, but he, he did eventually get a guitar. And um, funny enough, actually, I started off playing bass because uh, my brother had a guitar and I'd start <laughs> kind of getting into like Nirvana and Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. I think they're gateway bands for a lot of people. And um, yeah. I asked him for like a guitar for my birthday and I walked into the room and he's there with a bass. <laughs> 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 and like he... He knew what he was doing. He was just like, ah, everybody has guitar. Your brother has guitar. Now we can all jam together. You know, you have a bass. So it'll give us a bit of an extra there. So I initially started off for the first year or so on that. But um, music, yeah, well, a lot of like weird places I'd hear from like wrestling. <laughs> like, oh, re- uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I was never really exposed to Like the, to uh, the, the intro music? The intro music, yeah. 
And then I would yeah. just start watching like uh, ECW and all that. And they were coming into like Alice in Chains songs and, uh, you know, Offspring and stuff like that. And so a lot of that, I'd kind of be trying to find, like, I'd be typing in who these bands are to do the entrance song. And then I just end up finding, you know, the bands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like, sure, I think I found Papa Roach, which was a band I was obsessed with when I was younger uh, through the WWE video game. Like, I remember hearing it for the first time and having to cycle. You press like R3 in the game to cycle through all the music just to figure out which song it was. Gosh. Yeah, no, wrestling, definitely the WWE stuff. <laughs> I say Grand Theft Auto did it for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, Grand Theft Auto as well, especially yeah. uh, San Andreas, I think, had Rage Against the Machine on it, had Faith No More. Um, I think it had Danzig. Yeah, it did. It had Danzig as well and all those kind of bands. You used to just get in the um, car just to hear the music. Like. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a bad date in the game, uh, what is it that plays um, Killing in the Name of? <laughs> <Yeah. the restaurant. laughs> so, like, uh, so Strangers with Guns, like, how did that band come about? Because like, you sent me a message saying that you've been trying to get it going for about four to five years. Um, I thought you'd formed in 2019. Oh, well, yeah, we did. But I've been trying to get it going. Like, I had four of those songs up online for a couple of years. And maybe three times a year, I'd run a gum tree ad or something like that. And sometimes I'd get a response and I'd end up meeting people and having a bit of a jam. And for some reason, I'd do it or never really turned into anything. And so I was kind of desperate by the time I met them. Well, I met Rennick in November 2018. And... Uh, See, he lives in Kildare and we were practicing in Dublin and I was kind of worried that he was just kind of like, because I've had so many kind of, you jam with someone three times and you're like, right, we're ready to kind of start moving this up a bit. And then they'd find like another band. They'd be kind of, I seem to meet a lot of people that were into Prague and they'd just be jamming with me to be in a band and then they'd yeah, yeah. go somewhere else. But then, um, yeah, because Renick was coming from Kildare, I was just like, I knew he was, a, he, he just finished in the band he was in. And I was like, do you want to use that bass player? Because I was like, that might be an anchor to him staying interested if his mate is in the band <laughs> as well. And so that's how yeah, we got yeah. like Ricky in the band. All oh, right, okay. And like, um, so like the Jews, because you, you had the album, was it eight months into having the band set up? Yeah, well, I already had um, eight of the songs recorded. I, I went into Michael Richards' place, Track Mix Studios and uh Concilla with a session drummer and uh, it was just I was playing you know guitar bass and doing vocals and I just had him coming in and doing the drums so I had eight of the tracks already done and so I suppose we only really recorded four songs together and then um, yeah but yeah no I was determined to release music one way or the other even if I was playing a session drummer he was actually the guy who's Monday's yeah, session drummer Keon Keon I think is his name oh how did you, actually how did you get Mick Pyro on the album? Just uh, one time he actually he needed a guitar, right? <laughs> so he just posted up on his Facebook. Um I need to end a guitar for a gig tonight. And I'd actually messaged him about four months earlier, and he just never seen or responded. And so I just commented <laughs> on his status. So I was like, uh, yeah, I can lend you mine if you want. And uh, straight away he just rang me on Facebook. And then he went and he obviously like uh, he looked at the message afterwards. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, and I'll do that, by the way. I was like, noise him because that song needs a singer. Like, and uh, it was a great, yeah, yeah. it was great it's to get him on it because, um, like that got us. I don't know if, like, we, we've been played on the radio since then with other tracks, but I think that one got us in the door for like uh, John Barker's show and Dan Hegarty's show and stuff like that. That was the first single of it. And just like with the, like, when you're like, do you, you write the songs for Strangers with Guns, is it like primarily? Yeah, I do, yeah. Eric Ryder. 
do they yeah. just come to you or is it kind of like um uh, like how what's like how how do you go about writing songs basically is what i'm trying to say <laughs> um a lot of it is kind of uh improv jamming and i'll just be recording the actual improvising it's the same way i kind of write a lot of the songs like sometimes i'll just be walking on the road and i get the song idea and i have to like be walking in the road singing into the phone or something but <laughs> a lot of the time i'll just be playing the guitar and i stumble <laughs> on something and i got that kind of works and i just have a melody in my head and i just go with like a sentence and then I just know later on like some of the lyrics I only wrote like a day of the recordings but uh, yeah I Jesus. always find that that, that, <laughs> that bit's always the easiest for me because it's always really just random stuff like the lyrics I think anyway once you yeah. have the melody the rest of it's sandy enough so you you write the music first is it and then write the write the uh, lyrics after yeah I've never done it the other way and um, that monkey king song actually that's one of, we have a couple of songs that tell a story. And I just remember at the very, when I came up with the verse riff, I was like, it's like a real kind of walk and blues riff or something like that. So I just decided to turn that one into a story, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so then like, um, so you had uh, the degenerative art and then right after you had the um, disenfranchised fetus. Like, uh, did you just basically just, just go straight into recording that afterwards? Because it was released last year. Yeah. Um, or did you have did you have kind of a few ideas for it to begin with? No, we, that album was kind of the first time we started from scratch because pretty much everything on Degenerate Art Bar 2 songs I'd written before I'd even met the lads. Um, we went back yeah. in actually and um, some of the vocals were a bit weak. Like we reamped it and I was like, if I get Ricky to come in on this chorus and stuff like that, it gives the songs a bit more like oomph. And um but I kind of, I thought Degenerate Arts, I guess I had like notions about that album. I was like, I think this album's brilliant and we're off to the races. And it did well, like mm-hmm. it got great coverage. Um, it got some radio play and all that. I don't know what I really expected to happen. I thought maybe we'd get some festival dates the year after. Well, obviously COVID happened the year after. But uh, Disenfranchised Fetus was like more response. Like it was like angrier songs <laughs> to what I perceived yeah, was- as like the lack of success of the own. And like, it must be like you were saying with COVID, it must be strange starting a band in like 2019. And then like, cause you want to be obviously doing gigs and releasing music and all that kind of stuff, just straight into it. And then COVID happens like, so like before this, would you have been gigging quite a bit? Yeah, we gig loads. Um, I was happy to take any and all gigs until I was happy that we were like a good live band. And I think we were only kind of finding that towards the end because like, we've had good shows, like but. Like, I really want this to be an absolutely great live band. Like, and uh, so I hope, I think when we come back, we've got a lot of tricks and things we've been working on. Cause I do think that's the essence of everything. I think, like, I actually think you can get away with like okay songs if you're brilliant live. So I'm just like, I, <laughs> I want to put like everything into being brilliant, like live. To be brilliant, yeah. Yeah. So I just think you just have to keep doing practice, 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 and live, 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 keep gigging everywhere. Yeah. I love asking bands like how did the first how did your first shows go? Uh, the very first one was crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just Thursday in Fibers and uh I'd never sang live before or anything like that. Um, I wasn't even that used to playing guitar and doing not that I do sing, I just kind of talk or show, but um so we've kind of found trying to get that right and yeah, I was I was nervous for that in a way that I haven't been since. Every gig since then, I don't care. Like, I don't know if you're seeing the pictures, but like, since then, I've just been throwing on the Hawaiian skirt and 
yeah, you know, they avoid each other again. Like since then, I haven't cared at all. But I think it was probably good to get failure out of the way just to calm the nerves. Once you fail, you actually feel more relaxed or something. If that makes any sense. Well, you learn more from failure, as people say. But oh, absolutely. Um, so, uh, so wait, you weren't you like weren't singing before this band then, were you? Like, nor- uh, normally, like. No, no, not at all. And I only did it out of uh, necessity because I'd be looking for, like I've been in bands with singers in the past and sometimes you'll have a song idea and you'll have the melody idea and all. And then they'll come in and you'll be like, oh, you're absolutely destroying me song. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I was just listening to people talk like Jerry Cantrell saying, he'd be like, look, just get up and do it. You'll be able to get something passable out. And that's really what I've been going for. I've just been like, just, I need something. Like, I'd love to have a great vocalist. Because um, when you change how you write, depending on who the vocalist is as well. Like, you're kind of thinking of their voice when you're messing around and all. But, um, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm happy enough. And the lads seem happy. So we're continuing with this for now. We wouldn't mind a few guest spots off people. But. I was going to t- So we have a release scheduled for April, but I was just going to ask you about Hold On, which you released in January, like what, what, and the, which all the proceeds were donated to Pay the House. What kind of went, uh, what was the, why did you write a song like that in the first place? Um, there was no real design behind it. It was one of those things where once you write the music, like it's, it's just the lyrics kind of just fail themselves in my head. It's just a weird thing that happens. Um, I don't know. It was a bit ambitious as well. I actually tried to like half sing on that. I don't really think it it worked. I'm actually looking to re-record that for the EP version. Oh really? I really liked it. Oh really? Oh cheers. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I really th- liked it. I was listening. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If, like we've had a good response in it, but I don't know. It's just I'll probably always be my own worst critic. But um, uh, Renick actually, our drummer, looked after the entire video for all that. I I had absolutely nothing to do with that for the first time, but um. Yeah, I, I don't know. The lyrics just kind of came to me, and I thought, like, because it's the grungiest sounding song I think we have. And I was like, so many people that were involved in grunge and like either took their own lives or it's like synonymous with the depression and despair and all that. I just kind of went kind of out of character for us because a lot of our songs are quite jokey, uh, just kind of like a hopeful sort of song. Yeah. Yeah, with grunge, grunge is one of those genres that um, I don't know any story of any band that doesn't have. Uh, immense amount of melancholy associated with it, like um, uh, th- even the th- even the three like Nirvana, uh, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, with the three big ones that come to my head, all of them. Yeah, it's a strange yeah. one. Um, and then just with the so with the so it's an EP that you released in April, is it? Yeah, although it's kind of um, I've only heard Guns and Roses use this term extended EP. I think we're gonna have eight tracks on it. Oh but wow. It's, it's not long enough to really call an album. I think it's clocking in around 25 minutes or so. I don't know what the minimum criteria for an album is. I think it has to go over half an hour though. <laughs> hey, we I also actually have some albums that are 14 minutes long. <laughs> 14? Uh, nails, the, 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 what type of music would you call them? I don't know, just bit power violence or whatever. They're, they have an album that's 14 minutes long. Health, have not health. Full of Hell have one that's like 20 minutes long and they call it a whole album. Like, well, But the song's yeah, like 30 seconds long. Like, <laughs> guess. Um, yeah, but then we actually have um, like I have a good chunk of the follow-up album to it uh, written. I haven't had a chance to get in the studio Jesus. or anything like that. But, 
Yeah, well, I'm trying to use this time so more productively. And stuff that, like... Yeah, it's, so, it's like, kind yeah, of... But... Sorry, no, go on. I, I know, it's just kind of like strike while the iron's hot. Like, so while I'm getting the idea, it's just keep picking up the guitar, keep writing with it, because you never know when you might go through a bit of a patch. Yeah, and with the uh, with the recording process, like, did you, did you, were you able to record this in a studio? Yeah, we got the, in during that... Yeah, we got in during the window, kind of, in uh, December. I can't remember... I remember they kind of opened up around that time. It was like the 10th of December, yeah. kind of. We got in there for three days, but we have edits we need to make. <laughs> so this song kind of came out the best, even though we tried to get it. We tried to get your man to study the edit, and then he sent us back like a remastered version. And it's like, uh, that's not really what we want. But, uh, <laughs> that's not what we want. But um, I don't know. The lads are happy with this version. It's, a, it's, it's only a tiny edit that we want to change, but uh, yeah, it sounds pretty good. So... I, I don't know. Every time I write music, I kind of want to do it like yesterday. I'm like, I need this out now. <laughs> so sitting on music mm. just doesn't really work for me. I know it's bad marketing or whatever, but I'm just like, uh, <laughs> on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of the night, like, so when you send me the um, Fuck the American Dream, so I was just, I was listening to that. I was like, fuck the production on. It's amazing. And it's a, a massive song. Like, I was just wondering, is the, is the rest of the album going to be, the rest of the EP, sorry, going to be similar in that kind of style, like relentlessly heavy? Like, no, no, there's, um, there's actually two acoustic songs and an acoustic instrumental on it. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, this this was kind of a, a really random collection of songs. It's, um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Like every song on it is like a kind of a single, whereas the thing that's coming after this, the album that we planned after this, it's got that more of an album feel, like where the songs are going to be like long run or like everything on this is kind of like three and a half minute songs and the follow-up album which would hope to bring out relatively early next year is um that's got like a couple of five minute tracks on it and it kind of like the songs that wouldn't really stand out on their own as singles but they really work well in terms of being on an album i feel i hope <laughs> yeah and like what was kind of like the general mindset of going into recording this particular ep now oh do you have a name actually for it just so we don't keep calling uh, it the EP. yeah we're um <laughs> See, we've kind of been debating it because I, I always, I always come up with a great name or, or what I think is a great name, and I'm like, oh, what about this? And the lads are the, the first name for it was, "How's your ma? Is your dad working?" And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've come up with like four names for it since, and the lads are just like, "No, we're sticking with that first one." So yeah, I don't know. It's still to be decided, I guess. <laughs> That's a class name, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. If it suits the songs on them. Hmm. And then, like, I suppose, like, oh, it was just... So they, they, they have another album planned. I was just kind of wondering what you make. So I would say, like, in Ireland, we've had a kind of a great history with um, kind of rock music. Like, we have Stiff Little Fingers, U2, Undertones, and all those kind of bands, and Thin Lizzy. I was just wondering what what do you make of like uh, the current kind of music scene in Ireland at the moment, especially like especially with metal music, uh, like the more underground scene kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that's, that's thriving, yeah. but um, it's definitely not getting really any coverage. Uh, but um, it's in healthier shape than it seems to be going from strength to strength. Um, there's a, there's a ton of gigs going on. There's a ton of bands going on. Um, so yeah, and there's a lot of bands that we really like. Uh, the boy curious we had on the first episode. I know they're not in this genre, but they're they're my favorite. I don't know if you call it two piece of band. They're my favorite uh, band in the country, and 
Yeah, they're pretty amazing. Sorry, I, went, I kind of went off track on that. But, uh, yeah, no, I think the scene is in no, good health. Right. Yeah, it's kind like, of like, I always find that... The, oh, sorry, no, go on. It's uh, lag. <laughs> uh, I think Cork and Limerick seem to have really he- um, healthy metal scenes, um, as is Belfast. But uh, yeah, in Dublin, I don't know. I think we're probably lagging behind the two of them, to be honest. Cork actually has two, well, has one of my f- current favorite bands from Ireland, which is um, God Alone, who I'm not 100% sure, but I think they took their name from one of my all-time favorite bands, which was um, Altar of Plagues, which were from Cork. I was amazed that they were from Cork. I think the Irish metal scene have some really, really, really amazing metal bands, but um, like currently as well, I think some of the metal bands in Ireland, I think, I think Ireland's actually quite innovative in what we do, what we do with the genre, but I just be nice to see some more kind of recognition for them at the same time, if you know what I mean. Well, I think the thing that that I've experienced in bands anyway, like I work really hard on all the other parts of music. Like I'd be like for every, like I fire 20 emails off. I try and get in touch with a lot of blogs and radio. And I think well, just from the bands I've met and all that, I know they're kind of just happy to play in the local pub or whatever like that. There's not like yeah. the ambition that indie bands kind of have where they're like really goal oriented and, and all this these, these people like this bands have been together four or five years and they've not released or anything like that. They just kind of like being like the act of being in the band and, you know, playing in the, the local pub or whatever. So it's, I think it might be a bit of an ambition thing. Like, I don't think they're that well organized or they've really got goals. They just kind of like, they like writing music and playing. Hmm. It's just business it's kind of mind towards it or something. Well, it is a lot of like nowadays with social with the social media and all that kind of carry on marketing does unfortunately go into a huge ma- massive aspect of getting it out there as well. But like uh, in terms of like live scenes in Dublin, like what what do, what do you make of it? Like I imagine you've been you've played Fibbers and all that kind of carry on and Wheelands and like what do you think of the live scene in Dublin at the moment? We actually used to use those tours, they Fibber gigs as like a free practice. <laughs> oh, it was, like, really? 40, it was like 40, 50 grade or something. 50 quid for like a jam room or something like that. And I'd be like, oh, let's just play Fibbers next Thursday or something. <laughs> <laughs> Run through the set or something. Jesus. But, uh, I know, I really like the venues. And um, I don't know, do you, you, do you know the guy who was the sound engineer uh, in Fibbers, Gandalf? I know, what he Actually, lo- the- I know what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's, um, he's at the retire now, but. Uh, I can't believe I've oh, had to actually, yeah. blank on his name. But um, yeah, when we, when our last gig there, he goes, uh, when you first came here, you were this good and he was like, his hand really low for the purpose of the recording. <laughs> and he goes, and now you are up here. <laughs> and I was like, that's the nicest compliment you've got. Well, he, he, was, he, was he French, was he? Yeah, Jean-Claude, that's his name. Yeah, he's French. Yeah. Sorry, Great I, I cut though. you off there. What were you going to say? I don't know, no, you, you helped me remember his name. Yeah, Jean-Claude, but like he's kind of like, uh, he'd be cursing bands out, so getting compliments from him was uh, really something. But yeah, the lot of this... curse bands out? Oh yeah, if you were playing too loud or if there's anything wrong, he'd like he'd be interrupting you and I'll tell you. <laughs> he's a character, Jesus. he was. There was some job of person. I wouldn't but, really uh, see that now. No. And um, in terms of other venues, we've only played Whedon's once uh quite enjoyable a twice sorry we played it twice it was in the same week we played it it was only around last christmas and um, because Reelands actually pay it so that's a good gig to get <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, mostly be, stuff. 
Yeah, but my favorite Thomas House. Um, we played the Grand Social for a album lunch. That was a lot of fun. That's a really good venue. That's yeah. Grand Social is a great Grand Social is a great venue. Yeah, especially for bands of a certain size, like because um, I don't know what they charge in the Button Factory, but the Grand Social is very reasonable to rent out. Um, I was just kind of wondering, like, what kind of uh, stuff at the moment have you been interested in in terms of like for creativity or for like have you been listening to, reading to, or anything? Um, I actually just going to be quoting Jerry Cantrell again. He was kind of saying, and I believe it just based on experience at the moment of uh, the best music tends to happen. And I've, I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, I have no inspiration at the moment. Like they need stuff to be happening in life. I think maybe it's just the angriest music comes from, but like with nothing going on and that kind of frustration, I just find that every time I pick up the guitar, I'm kind of coming up with stuff. And I think it's, it's way better than anything I've done before. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, in terms of inspiration I've been reading a lot of like have you heard of Robert Anton Wilson? No actually I have not he, he, He's one of these guys he talks about um, Discordianism a lot are you familiar with Discordianism? No It's kind of just like uh, <laughs> uh, It's kind of just like how uh, everything is chaos and all that and I kind of found him through reading about the KLF I don't know if you remember the KLF or a band who like they burnt a million pound <laughs> and in the what? 90s that's the thing and they can't even it's answer ni- it. it's just nihilism is it i don't know what it is and they can't even answer like um but i kind of love that they did what it because they can't even think of reason they just said they, it just got into their heads and they couldn't let go of the idea until they did it and but it was even the klf i love because i've already started listening to them recently but in like 92 they were at the Brit Awards and they just had these fake machine guns. Apparently they wanted to throw like <laughs> goats into the audience and they just deleted all their music. <laughs> like everything they I just think they're a fascinating case because they cost themselves about five million, like deleting all their music. They've only re-uploaded it in January. And they've kind of been they fascinated. Deleted all of it. Yeah, they were like they were like all the recordings, everything like Yes, but as far as I know, like there's nothing you couldn't find on music. I think they had like a couple of top of the pop appearances you could find on YouTube, but uh, their stuff is resurfacing now. Yeah, well, I just found I all just, that kind I, of crazy and brilliant. I just find that mental that you can burn. A, and was it like was it a public like was it almost like an art piece of them just burning a, th- a million a million pounds like? Yeah, they they only invited. It's funny they only invited one person to see it, and they didn't tell him to like release or anything <laughs> like that. They were like, you do with this what you want. Because apparently they do weird things all the time and they just, like, it's between themselves. And if it gets out, it's kind of like, it gets out. They just invited one journalist and they were able to, like, because people kind of called bullshit on it. But then they were able to prove that they actually had, in fact, done this. Like, and They were on the Late Late Show talking about it. I know, because when I was looking into it, they are on the Late Late Show talking about it. <laughs> funny because people kind of hate yeah, them over so people are like why are you yeah, doing it why didn't you give it to charity and they're like we, the other people give away the charity we just we burnt <laughs> <laughs> it's just fascinating what is with the 90s for bands doing mad mad stuff like i don't know but i don't think anyone is going to top that <laughs> no i can't really i can't even begin to think what type of stuff would top that yeah. So wait, you were talking about um. So what was this book that you were reading? It was Discord. Dis, the, the uh, I can't even remember the term. It's just uh, well, I'm after getting Prometheus Rising, which is one of his books, but I've only really started that, so I can't really claim that as any kind of influence. But just listening to him, 
on like YouTube and I have an audio book just called Robert Anton Wilson explains everything. And he's just kind of a, just the way he sees the world is just fascinating. And I'm a big advocate of like the thing of people think they see order, but everything is just like your mind kind of invents order, but everything is really just pure chaos and all this kind of stuff. I'd be a lot of nonsense, but I dig it. <laughs> and like, does that um, like, do, like, does it play directly into the music that you make? Um, what do you think? I, 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 I tend to, I think what I do be listening to at the time kind of feeds itself into, like, I was listening to a bit of Acid Bat before I wrote the last EP. And at the moment, I'm listening to a bit of like, uh, Ministry and Karma to Burn and stuff like that. But I don't know if it's really found its way. All the stuff I'm at the moment sounds really like Henry Rollins stuff like that. I haven't really listened to him in a couple of years. So I don't know. I, I think um, it finds its way into the structures because I'm trying not to go like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. But the lads are kind of pushing back against that. They're like, no, no, I need, what's the chorus in this song? Where's the chorus? And I'm kind of trying to push back against that. Well, I think, so I think the band are always going to have something like that. Has there been anything else that you've been reading or listening to? Um, well, I listen to audiobooks being the partner when we're going to sleep. <laughs> I listened to one on Charles Manson recently. <laughs> and, uh, now oh, one that's what I need to listen to before going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's used to send us off. And uh, Ham and Roy at the moment, boy, Bukowski. Do have that going. All right, okay. Uh, and then, like, I guess, um, kind of like my... F- kind of final question would be like what do you what do you enjoy most about making the art that you make like what, what do you enjoy most about making the music that you make um it's not the recording process anyway that's absolute torture <laughs> i don't think i don't think any band likes the recording process as far as, as far as from what i've read anyway <laughs> ricky actually somehow really likes being in the studio i don't know i think it's he is the least amount <laughs> of work today or something but he's always happy out in there um <laughs> I think, um, well, I'm really looking forward to us playing again because now we've got a lot more high-energy songs where our sets used to kind of dip a bit. When we had like 12 songs, there'd be a couple of high-energy, a couple of low ones. And now I think we can kind of go out and just go, you know, belter, belter, belter kind of song. Um, But in terms of, I think normally when you first stumble across the riff, that's kind of the highlight. You're like, yes, I've got another one. Like it's like fishing or something. That's probably my favorite part. (laughs) Finding the initial initial part, like, because... Once I have the intro, uh, the rest of the song tends to be a cakewalk. It's just kind of finding that that first bit. No, I can only imagine that, like actually sitting down and writing a song when it, the moment that it clicks. Like I have it, like with whenever I do my art and stuff, just that moment where you go, "Yes, this is actually working." Is just one of like the best feelings in the world. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's always the first riff you need to get, like, because you can kind of always, it's always kind of easier to build than it is to find the original building block, like, if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. So uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of, we'll leave it there. So I was just wondering if, like, if anybody wants to check your stuff out, like, where can they find you? Um, On everything. Um, Spotify, YouTube. Spotify, I guess, we we're, we're trying to plug that the most. But uh, we're on Bandcamp. Just everywhere. Okay, brilliant. I like the and then I've on YouTube you have a ton of music videos as well. So like it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, we've a lot of random videos as well. Renix Renix kind of <laughs> I want to hand it over to YouTube to him and he's kind of mad for just having content and he wants to break well, a thousand the, the, subscribers this year. 
the drummer video was hilarious with the the um, was it the monkey mask on or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I that's, saw it was on the other day. That was all him. <laughs> but it's right to keep yourself current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like putting every put getting everything out there and keeping kind of um, just. I always feel like with if you kind of want people to kind of just keep looking at your stuff, you you can't just post every so often. You have to post every single like like once a week or something. Yeah, it's painful, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been great chatting to you. Oh, cheers, man. Uh, no problem at all. I uh, really appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, Str- uh, Strangers with Guns, they'll be having a release in uh, April. Uh, do you have a release date for it, actually? Uh, yeah, 14th of April. At the moment, CD Baby just got back to us saying, you know, the art that we submit wasn't okay. So then we actually set back a week or two, but we're hoping April 14th. <laughs> What like not ex- was it explicit or? <laughs> no, no. Um, I think just if you have um art that has text in it, maybe they reject it. I don't know if I've seen any. Oh yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to. You have to create outlines with the text. Yeah, I had that problem myself when I did a did an album cover, sent it over constantly, and they were just like, "No, why?" And I was like, "Why isn't this okay?" And they're like, "You're the graphic designer. You should know." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> we'll yeah, leave yeah. it there." All right, man. Thank you so much for that. Uh, oh yeah, cheers. Thanks. To chat to you later and. Good luck with the release. Cheers, that was great. Thanks a lot. Too tired to sleep, but I'm okay to drive. There's more to think about than just staying alive. But of course...